0: One of the highlights that I, uh, got from the three-day seminar was that, uh, when we pray, we're talking to God, and when we read the Word of God, God's talking to us, and it kind of changed the way, uh, the way, uh, I uh, started, uh, you know, zoning into the Word of God. I just, I realized, okay, God's gonna talk to me, I better pay attention, I gotta wake up here, you know, like, okay, I don't wanna miss what God is gonna say, and, uh, and our prayer is—I uh, got just, just—you know—we uh, got the breakdown of uh, of uh, 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 the different stages of prayer and how, uh, uh, in prayer, you can have a deeper connection with God, and that's how you develop this 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 ability to speak with God. And uh, and in moments of deep, deep prayer, where you're just zoned out of what's happening here, and you're in. In the in the depth with God is like the best place to be, and I don't know. Just just hearing that again, just just uh, refreshing that uh, that that hunger for God. It was it was awesome. It was it was uh, kind of like shook me, and 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 I said, you know, okay, we gotta gotta adjust things. We gotta uh, switch things up. And I'm not here to say, oh man, I I'm man hour every day of prayer solid I'm perfect man after I heard that sermon my life just became super easy no it's it's a struggle I uh I uh, cannot say that I woke up every morning and prayed for an hour and and I read the bible for another hour and then no I I it's it's a struggle but my heart is my heart is like oh that's what i want i remember I remember you know before when i just uh when I was just hungry for God how crazy I was, and I remember an hour was nothing. I remember man, an hour for God was nothing. I was just eating up God's word, eating up uh being in his presence was just like amazing and and it was just what life was all about, you know, and uh, well, I can just uh, skip out on work today. That was my thoughts. <laughs> I could uh, make an excuse or I could, you know, start late. And I'm always, always, you know, in construction, there's always a thousand things that you could explain why you're late. <laughs> there's traffic, there's weather, there's health, there's car issues. There's, I mean, there's thousands of things you can throw in there and say, hey, and, and most companies that I end up working for, they know that, hey, uh, this guy, unless we tell him he has to be there at 6 a.m. sharp because the homeowner is going to be waiting and watching him every every step of the way, that uh, he's just going to be there when he's going to be there. And I like having that flexibility in my career. Um, but uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, I have a word for today I uh, uh, wanted to share with you and just wanted to pray over this word before we get into it. And uh, just everybody could bow your heads and uh, we'll pray. God, we want to hear you today, God. We uh, are tuning our hearts, are tuning our minds to hear you, God. Not, not just another sermon, not just uh, 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 Andre up here uh, sharing what, uh, what he thinks, God, but we want to hear you. I want to get past the the uh, distractions, and even in this youth service, God, over our phones, over our over our uh, plans for tomorrow, over our uh, our needs uh, that maybe we want to go get a drink of water or take a break. God, help us, God, to to not not hear you today, God. Help us to open our ears and open our open our eyes, God, and, and help us see and help us hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Um, I am going to jump right into the word. We're in Luke uh, chapter 12, and I'm going to le- read a long passage, and it's going to be verses 35 through verses 53. <clears throat> so Luke 12:35 through 53: "Let your waist be girded, and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down and eat, and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch, And find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known that hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us? Or to all people. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his master will make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and to drink and to be drunk. The master of the servants the master of the servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware. And he will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master will who knew his master's will And did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes will be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed to him they will ask the more. I come to send fire on the earth And now I wish it was already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I come to give peace on earth? I tell you not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided. Three against two, and two against three. Father will be divided against son, and son against father. Mother against daughter, and daughter against mother. Mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A lot. Uh, that was uh, yesterday's Bible plan. You guys read that? Who read yesterday's Bible plan? Raise your hand. You guys read that? All right, cool. Uh, I uh, uh, I highlighted uh, some things, and then today I started to dig up more, and and I just wanted to just to, to share. I. The biggest thing that I think struck me the most out of this whole passage was uh is is in verse I think it's uh I would say 50 or like 27 it says and the servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will that part <laughs> It says who did not prepare himself? And today's message or is, are you prepared? You know, I, uh, uh, in today's culture, in today's society, in today's uh, shift from uh, people uh, walking away from love. It says in the in the Bible that in the end times, people are going to walk away from sanity. People are going to walk away from God. People are going to walk away from just love towards each other. Right? Just just common sense uh, uh, and. And uh, this world is going to become darker and darker and, and more deluded in sin and deluded in perversion. And, and we see that today. And and in it all, God's saying, it's on us. It's on us to prepare ourselves. You know, I reading all the parables, reading all the things that Jesus is teaching his disciples, like the the parable of the sower, right? There's an aspect in there that you got to understand is, is, you are preparing the soil. You get to choose which soil you want to be. You could be the rocky soil because remember when he says, "Hey, the 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 thorns of uh, uh, the thorns came up with this sprout, uh, this brand new uh, baby Christian, and the thorns devoured the the plant, right? And the thorns were busyness in this world. You know, uh, I got to get this done. I have to do I'll do this. I have to do this. I have to finish my my education. I have to get a better job, bigger house, bigger." Better you know next thing right and and that was what Jesus you know broke it down to them. He said, Hey uh, this is what this soil is, and you know we get to decide how to schedule our lives it 's up to us to to fit in bible reading plan to to fit in a prayer life it's it's not you know i don't i, I, I don 't go to 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 God and say, hey, God uh you know what I, I want to be the good soil so uh you, uh, you uh, make me the good soil. It's no, you make yourself. You open up your life to God. And say, God, what is the good soil? Oh, it's a person who's got his ears open. It's a person who who sees and understands. It's a person who who doesn't turn away sound knowledge. A person who when they found the truth, they cherish it and they protect it from being stolen right we hear about the other soil where uh it falls into into a uh, shallow soil and they sprout out and they they grow you know for god and everything like that but because they have no depth the sun comes and it and the test comes and and all of a sudden they're scorched they're, and they're withered and they're they're faded and uh other parables you know you know he's saying hey i'm going to give you 10 talents five talents and and same thing you have to understand that God has given you talents. You have to understand that it's it's your job to prepare yourself for this life. And we read in Romans, we read it in in, in, in men's group that every man is without an excuse, and that's where that's where uh, it, 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 I think most most of the society misses that. See, they all think that when they come to God, they're going to be able to explain themselves. They're going to say, hey, actually, I'm a good person. You know, actually, I didn't murder anybody, not one soul. I didn't murder you know i didn't rob i didn't rob a bank i i stayed off of heavy drugs i i you know i didn't uh, lie to everybody you know uh, i you know i i and 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 the list goes on of of good things and i and i did charitable deeds and and i donated and then i went and built a well in africa and and i i gave away my junky car to, to the needy and and you know i did so many good things right but we forget that the spiritual realm, and where God and who God is. And we, we are only f- absorbed with us. And we, we think we have everything in order, right? And, and we read the parable of, of the two prodigal sons, right? And it's not the parable of the prodigal son. It's the parable of the prodigal sons. Why? Because the first son rebels, and he goes crazy into the world, he, he, he wastes all his father's money, he, he hires, uh, you know, his friends all party and drink, he he goes with the prostitutes, right, and then he comes to his senses and goes, man, I, I had pleasure, I had f- this temporary joy, but, man, now I'm empty, now I'm lost, now I'm, and, man, I had, I had a father, and he comes back to the father and says, I was wrong, and he beats his chest and he goes, I, I repent, right? We have this other son, and his and his other son sees all this and sees how the father reacts to the to the repentant son. He goes, "Man, I've had everything right. I didn't party. I didn't drink. I didn't. I didn't swear. I didn't do any of this. I didn't waste your money. I was always faithful. I was, always, you know, I was always obedient. And you never gave me a fatted calf. You never threw a party for me or my friends. You never did anything for me. And." And, and the father didn't get to explain it. And, it, and it's left open, open-ended, meaning you don't really know what happened to that son. We don't know if he, he made it. If, you know, we know what happened to the first son. He, he repented and the father embraced him. And, but the second son, he depended on his own righteousness. He depended on men. You know what? I, and it wasn't a relationship with the father. It was, I'm good enough. I'll make it. And in today's society, that's what we, they miss. I uh, I read a whole uh, stat on a, a pastor's son who is now atheist, uh, agnostic slash atheist. Um, I don't know if uh, uh, you guys know him. His name is uh, Yuri Stasyuk. Uh, he uh, he came out on Christian Mer- Metropolitus or whatever. He had an interview that was posted and 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 sent out to thousands of people and. Uh, Uh, I read his whole statement on his, he was discussing on how he walked away from the faith, or how he he came to a crucial uh, crisis and he gave up the faith. And and first I was like, man, I'm, I'm mad. I don't want to read this guy's post, whatever, but in my heart I was like, man, I want to know why he left the faith. I want to know what happened. I want to know, you know, if there is any logical reason. I want to know what happened to him. And and he, he uh, talked in this post to make it real, real short. He talks about how he, uh, when he was growing up, he was a pastor's kid. So he sat in the front row and he kind of was like, Man, I don't know if I want to be a pastor. I don't know if I want to follow God with all my heart. Like my parents want me to. My grandparents all did. My, now my dad. And, and the ministry life is crazy. And he kind of, he kind of uh, didn't have a, a personal relationship with God. And at one point, uh, something clicked. He got really sick. I think he got the flu. And, and he started praying and saying, God, something so he went to the Bible to try to find some magical prayer against the flu and uh, he came to a point where he realized man he doesn't have a relationship with God and he started just to say God I want you and, and something filled his life and and he started his his uh, his his walk of faith and uh, he became a youth pastor he uh, he uh, he went to different seminaries he got a bunch of just head knowledge on what Christianity is and what what all you know the Bible and the Bible and the Bible and and he uh, he got married. He uh, found out that he doesn't want to be traditional anymore. And he, and he went to uh, from his traditional Russian church. He went to uh, Mars Hill Church, and he became a disciple there. He was going through a year course of of uh, becoming uh, associate pastor to Mark Driscoll. And uh, in that course, something happened to him. He goes, after running, 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 in ministry and ministry, all this, I decided to reread the Bible. And as I, me and my wife decided to reread the Bible, that's when all the challenging stuff happened, and I couldn't fathom, and I couldn't understand. His mindset, uh, to me, was, "Man, I, I gotta perform, I gotta move, I gotta, I gotta please God." I and he, he, he knew. <laughs> what we all know, is that. Out of our own works, there's nothing we can do to, to come to terms, to come to please God. But when we accept the grace of God, that's what pushes us to do good works. That's what pushes us to, to, to perform without anything in return. And not when we get that mixed up, like Jehovah's Witnesses, like, like Mormons, what happens is you're doing good works to hopefully be saved. And so in Christianity, we have that too. When you get wrapped up and you're, you know what, I, I got to perform. I got to move after God. I don't want to uh, lose my faith. I don't want to lose my position. I don't want to lose uh, you know. And, and, and you get wrapped up in, in works. And, and he's talking about how he'd go to Christian conferences just to feel a life beat again, you know. And then and when he started reading the Bible, he started reading, you know, challenging stories where God was telling Abraham to kill his own son, Isaac, right? And he goes, man. I don't know if I want this kind of God, who kind of just performs whatever He wills, right? And that was the breaking point for him. And uh, and uh, what the only way I get past that is to have a relationship with God. See, the relationship with God is is your prayer life and and your Bible and and your ability to, to 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 hear God, to understand the voice of God, to have actually God lead your life, not just you and your ambitions and your plans and your goals. That's what I want to talk about first. And as I read this uh, uh, Luke 12, it says this, it says that, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master. When he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, that uh, they may open him immediately. You know, uh, uh, reading, uh, reading uh, the disciples are walking with Jesus and he constantly is telling them, ah, oh, man, you have little faith. Ah, oh, you have little faith. Ah, oh, come on, Peter, you have little faith. Couldn't you have just focused on me, not on the ways? Ah, oh, you have little faith. Couldn't you cast out this demon? Uh, oh, you little faith, couldn't you do this? Oh, you little faith, don't, don't you hear what I'm saying? Don't you understand? Don't you get the big picture? Don't you understand? That's what he kept on telling the disciples over and over and over again as we read through the Gospels again and again and again. And here it says, so they me open to him immediately. <clears throat> My dad uh, taught me well. He, he taught me uh, Gideon. He said, you know what? To find out God's will, you have to be like Gideon. And you have to throw out a fleece. And if, you know, say, God... Uh, 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 if you make this fleece wet, then I'll go. You know? And then the next day, test them again. Say, God, okay, now make this, everything wet around the fleece, but, but the fleece dry, and then I'll go. And see, initially, maybe. But when you have a relationship with God, that's not how it works. He speaks to you, and He wants you to obey right away. That's where the immediately part comes. And see, <clears throat> to others, when He spoke, and He wanted them to obey right away, and they would make an excuse. God would get frustrated, like with Moses. He said, "I want you to go," and he goes, "Ah, I have weak lips and I can't talk." And he's like, "Oh, fine, I'll give you Moses." Right? Aaron, sorry, Aaron. Yes. <clears throat> or or uh, when he's with the disciples, like, "Ah, oh, come on, you guys, you're with me, you're watching me." I mean, just yesterday, Peter, you admitted that you you got the revelation that I am the Son of God, and then and then you know you miss it right and then <clears throat> they go to the the mountain of uh, uh of uh transfiguration right and they're like oh this is all i mean imagine seeing all that and then the next minute they're like oh man i don't know what to do with my life anymore i don't know if i want to follow jesus cuz he's going on the cross right now right and uh <clears throat> he uh yuri writes in his uh in his uh, uh interviewer he he says in his interview that that he had a breaking moment where uh, uh, he started reading the Bible and he started to go, God, uh, I, I, I feel my faith is, is, is dying and you're the only one that can save it, so speak to me. And he said he would, he would cry himself to sleep. And I, I believe him. I believe him. I believe he, he went through the struggle of, of finding God. But after a, per- a long period of time, it's not that easy to, to just jump into a relationship. And at this moment, when his faith was struggling, he was saying, God, where are you? And he was demanding a sign, saying, God, show me one sign that you exist, that this is not just made up in my head. And he said, and God showed me nothing. You know, scary. The Pharisees said the same thing. They, they knew everything there was to be ab- about God. They knew the law. They knew Everything. And they said, show, Jesus, show us a sign. Here you come in person, show us a sign. And Jesus says, the only sign I'm going to show you is the same sign Jonah said to the Nineveh, right? And that's, I'm here in person, trust, right? You have to trust. You have to use your, use your ability to weigh out in your heart. And it, it says humility is what draws God to us, right? And it's when you're praying that prayer, God, show me a sign, that's not humility. That's, I'm dictating God what you should do. And God's never going to respond to that prayer. That's the opposite of having a relationship with God. We, we miss those things because we're so focused on, on our abilities, on, on us, on, on where we are, how good of a people we are. And God says, man, that's what's the most disgusting to me. And that's why God says, I came to, to help the sick and not the, the ones that don't need a doctor because it's impossible to even talk to us. When we're prideful, when we're, you know what, I got everything, all my ducks in a row, I'm good. I don't really need a God right now. I got a good job, I got a good house, I'm happy. Your happiness is temporal. When you go through the first test, it just fades away. We're going to read on. I like this, he says, Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You know, I I, uh, I talked to my dad a lot, who knows a lot of the Bible. His main focus, I would say, is expecting to calculate out the day, or the time, or the season. And I said, okay, alright, I know we know, Jesus tells us that, hey, if you see a storm coming, then you kind of know that it's... Kind of prepare for the rain, right? But you don't know what minute it's going to start raining, right? You don't know. Hey, you know, let's let's put a bet. It's going to start at five fifty seven. I'm going to put a hundred dollar bet that the rain will start falling in in, in this parking lot at five fifty seven, right? Because God doesn't allow us to control Him, even though He tells us and opens up what He's about to do. He he does he leaves that that huge unexpected inability uh, 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 to, to 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 predict, right? He doesn't give that to anybody. Sometimes he he tells a prophet to go do this and this and this, and then he sets seasons and he lets us know. But in this, when he's coming, he constantly says, stop trying to calculate it. Stop trying to focus on that. Actually, you should be focusing on something else. Be ready. That's what he says. That's where your focus should be. Always be ready. Girded, on fire for God. That's what he's commanding you to be. He's commanding us that. Not to calculate every single detail of when the Antichrist is going to come, and is it Putin, and is it you know, is it is when is he going to when is he going to you know, is it Obama, is it who is it, and 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 how's it going to you know you know which country should we flee to, and be ready, be ready. That's our job. Be ready. And Peter kind of breaks this. Parable hoping to get explanation from Jesus. He says to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? Right? And Jesus, instead of explaining it to him, he just goes into another parable, the same exact parable. And he says, And the Lord said, Who then is faithful and a wise steward? And that's a question. It is an extended question. Whom his master will make ruler over his household to give. Them their portion of food in due season question mark Who then is a faithful and wise steward? That's the question of your life. That's the question of every single century that's happened and Who's going to be a faithful and wise steward? That's what Job went through. The oldest book in the in in, in the Bible, right? He was out the first one on the battlefield to, to to show that hey you know what when I'm justifying myself by good works I never sinned I never this God what are you doing in my life why why did I deserve this or I don't deserve this I, I want to wrestle with God I want to tell Him hey I'm a good guy why are you doing this to me and only when God came and said hey you're a man I'm a God what are you going to say now nothing sorry God Whew. please don't kill me or, you know. Uh, Game has changed. Now I speak to you face to face. Now I encounter you. Now I, you know, uh, uh, there's an example. said said Noah walked with God. And Job did things to please God. But he didn't walk with Him. He didn't have that relationship. And that's why he went through what he went through. Because we run from that relationship to depend on God. We want to depend on ourselves, on our own abilities. Self-dependent, self-reliant. That's what this book's all about. It's to help you get out of self dependent self-reliance, and depend on Him. That's where the breakthrough comes over sin. When you finally realize, man, I can't do this by myself. And you start to read the Word, and you start to spend more time in His presence. And all of a sudden, sin disappears. You're like, wow, man, it's actually possible. Wow. And I've been trying to arm-wrestle my sin away. Man, this is, this is it. This is how it's done. Who then is faithful? That's a question mark. Am I ready to be faithful? Uh, in Yuri's post uh, he talked about how uh, when he came out and he, uh, he, he was very uh, big in blogs and and, and uh, posting stuff and and he was defending the faith and he was uh, you know kind of on the apologetic side of Christianity and then when he made that transition and he posted that he's an atheist overnight. Everybody, he goes, my thousands of friends, I just watched them go into different camps. And he's talking about, this camp was the don't talk to me camp. This camp was you're going to hell camp. And this camp was the Christians who were open-minded, but saying, you're, you're kind of crazy camp. And he goes, I, you know, I lost all my friends overnight. And his almost like, you know, a, a, you know a, almost like a patriotic thing to do or a, a courageous thing to do is to come out of the closet now and, and claim that you're gay. To come out of the closet and claim that you're atheist to make that statement. And the whole post was about, uh, after that, it was about how Christians are falling away from Slavic churches. He goes, well, this is what's happening. It breaks down It says, okay, the traditional churches are so traditional that they don't, you know, when they move to America, that they can't, they can't uh, survive in this culture. The kids start wandering. And the kids wander away to either the world or to a more liberal church or a charismatic church. And, and in these charismatic churches, they... They, uh, they're only growing because the, the conservatives are moving to these more liberal churches and, and sooner or later there's nothing to move to and they're all going to fade away or merge into the American culture. And, and he goes, I'm just the, the, the prodigal, you know, the, the, the wonder child that did it first. That's, that's what he's claiming. And he's saying, you know, I have a, a hard time with a God who doesn't respond to me. That's what he's saying in that post and if you are not aware if you're not careful if you're not tuned if you're not if you're not hearing what god is saying then you are going to fall in that reason you're going to fall in that line especially if you're not doing what we're going to get into in a second but uh later uh it goes down and he says truly i say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has that's part of who then is faithful. Then he says, but if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and begins to almost deceive himself. He thinks, man, you know what? My master is not coming. I'm going to enjoy this life. I'm going to go after some of the things that maybe I've been limiting myself to go after. And I'm going to do, I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to, you know, uh, specifically says getting drunk, you know, and, and we still have Christians who think that it's okay to drink. You know, they're going into the liberal side of things. They start playing with, the, you know, hey, I don't want to speak out against sin. I don't want to. I don't want to speak out against homosexuality. Let them be who they want to be. I know the Word of God says that homosexuals are going to go to to hell, but but why should I take on that that that, that fight, right? And you start to to break away. You start to separate from what God wants you to to be. And I, I want to tell you that. Uh, I got to be a part of a uh, of, uh, referendum, uh, sixty-seven or sixty-sixty-seven, I believe. And I remember when Uri was the leader of this uh, uh, movement. He was uh, getting petitions for uh, this uh, whole movement to stop the same-sex marriage uh, being uh, uh, allowed in our state of Washington. And he was—he was, uh, he was uh, getting publicity. He was getting a whole move of people. And, and I remember uh, about uh, 250 people came out to Linwood. Do you guys remember that rally? And they lined up the street and everybody was holding signs. And, and it was pretty crazy. Yuri was uh, the, the person who put that together. He he connected with some of the le- legislature team. And, and they, they told him what to do. And he put that all together. But what's scary was his decision after the fact when all the liberal media wanted to get his interview because he became the leader of that movement. And he denied them. He said, you know what? I'm resigning. I don't want to be the leader of this movement. I, I, I don't want my name to be posted anywhere. And I, I just want to be a nuclear scientist. That's what he's going to college for at the time. And he opted out. And I was there next to him going, what? Tell them. Tell them. And nobody hears that side. Nobody hears that story. And then you say, hey, you know, when he's crying out to God... Give me a sign. Give me a sign. What we fail to do is look into ourselves and go, man, we're flawed. You know, God flooded this whole world. He killed everybody. And he's still just. That's what we fail to understand. And that's the reality of what we have. That's the truth that the Bible is telling us. But that's not comfortable. That's not easy pill to swallow in our Christian faith. We want to think that God is loving and forgiving, and, but He's just at the same time. And He could kill you right now. And unless you accepted Jesus Christ, you have no justification. You deserve death just for being born. Why? Because you're a fallen, sinful creature. you have already born with a disease that's taking over your mind and your heart. And we fail to understand that He didn't have to come and save us. He created us, he gave us everything to start. Disease came, corruption came, the devil came, but he didn't have to save us. He loved us. That's why he saved us. That's why Jesus came. And that's why we fail. We fail to understand that. And I'm not I'm not judging Yuri. I I've fallen away from God myself. I was in my own rebellion. I was in my own happy place, thinking, "Hey, as long as I'm outside the 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 the, the load of, of of obedience to God, that's what makes me happy." But it's only uh, for a moment. It's only for a time. And what what I know is when Yuri was in a crisis, maybe he failed to have a friend. Maybe he failed somebody to pray for him. Maybe he failed somebody to 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 stand with him and say, "Yuri, what's going on in your head? What's happening?" You know, it's when we move, when we isolate ourselves, when we move away from the body of Christ, that's when we're prone to that. We're prone to be set down a path that is just going to just, just one contradiction. All you're going to see is contradiction after contradiction after contradiction. Even though if you bring it to the light, even though if you bring it to, to, to logic and reason, you understand, wow, okay, if we put in all the factors, it makes sense. If we understand who God is and we have the relationship with God, it makes sense. If we just look at it at face value, God's a, God's a, a meanie. God's no fun. God's a, he's not just. Why would he tell Abraham to kill Isaac? I think Abraham had a relationship with God. And that's why he trusted and he had faith. And he said, you know what? Even if I was to kill my son, which is unlawful, unjust... I trust in the God who, who's above death and above, able to resurrect him, able to, to, to fulfill his promise that he told me just a while ago that I'm going to have him, that I'm, he's going to be the, 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 the starter of a whole nation. I choose to believe that more. His relationship more than, 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 than what, what God asked him and tested him on. And that's what is going to happen in your life. You know, I, I, I like this youth. I know that you're here not because your mom and dad told you you have to come here. Paul, did your mom and, Pavel, did your mom and dad say, hey, you know, when you get there, make sure you go to church and, and this is the church and you don't go into any other church? No, you came here from your own choice. You know, you came here by your own desire. And even if your mom and dad did make you come here, it's you who has to understand that you have to prepare yourself to meet God. We're here to help you. We're, we'll, we'll tell you the truth. We'll, we'll, we'll shake you up when we see you uh, falling asleep. But it's you who has to go, you know what? This is who I am. This is what I believe. This is why I believe it. You have to build your roots. You have to prepare your soil. When you come to youth... Uh, guess what? You should be fighting to to get away from distractions. You should be fighting to to come to the front, not just chill in the back. It 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 it, it, it has to be a part of your your heart. You know, I, I talked to Tanya and now she's got the baby and she she says, Man, I noticed so much garbage from back there. Everybody's on their phones, everybody's just uh, sleeping, like I, I wish I could just. Ah, I, I want to sit in the front. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated being in the back. And I go, I going to try. And I sat in the back last week. And I'm like, wow, wow. In our, in our youth, I'm like, man, you guys are playing a dangerous game, because the responsibility is, is yes, it's on us, but yes, it's on your your pastor, yes, it's on your your parents, but it's on you. In the end, it's on you. You have to prepare yourself. It says, He did not prepare himself to do according to his will. He shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. And uh, we, yes, we were discussing in, in men's, uh, men's group about this last uh, Tuesday about uh, uh, if a person, you know, is on somewhere uh, born in the Tibetan mountains and he never came down the mountains and he lived in this little tribe and they believed in Buddha and he was a good person. He was faithful to his faith system and, and he comes in and he meets and God and he finds out that it wasn't Buddha, wasn't God, it was Jesus and does he go to hell? That's what we were discussing. Right? And we read in Romans where it says that every man has the knowledge of God in his heart and what he sees in this world. So all of science is screaming, There's a, a, God exists. Except for when you put on a worldview that, you know what, we created ourselves and we look into science and we can, we can look at anything, any fact, and we can uh, put it underneath our worldview. You know, we look at dinosaurs' bones, all we see is dead bones. We can say, hey, you know, these bones are millions of years old. Or we can say, hey, you know, what? no, these bones are according to God's word. They're according to the flood. But it's your presupposition. It's what you predetermine to come to the evidence as what you're going to interpret it. And so Romans 1 says, every man is without excuse because when he looks into the galaxies, when he stands on the side of a seashore, when he, he looks at the mountains, He goes, man, this is fast. When he looks at how his wounds heal on his body, he goes, man, I didn't do that. I didn't even think about that. Why did my hand heal? And when he thinks, man, what is the purpose of my life? How do I make sense of all this chaos? Why do I feel guilt when 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 I commit adultery? Why do I feel guilt when I rob from my neighbor tribe or when I kill my neighbor tribe? Why? He has knowledge of God. And every man is without excuse. And every man is... His righteousness is a filthy rags. So when he stands before God and he doesn't accept Jesus Christ, he's dead. He's going to hell. That should freak us out. That should move us because that means it's on on us. It's a responsibility on us to preach the gospel. It's a responsibility on us. If they're going to hell, it's not not God who's unjust. It's us because we know the truth and we do nothing with it. Because we, by our words, by our actions, we can help them understand. And maybe they can be come to Christ. They can be saved. Right? And this is where he says, For those who have much and do nothing with it, their punishment will be worse than people who are just ignorant and don't know anything and go to hell just because nobody told them the gospel. And we feel, we, sometimes we go, we were discussing, because one uh, one person says, that's unjust. That's unjust. How how does God uh, judge them? How does He send them to hell? How does He, you know, that's unjust. That's unjust. That's unjust. Well, Jesus Christ died on a cross. God Himself came and died on a punishment. That was unjust. He did that for us. We know the truth now. We have salvation. We have a surety of salvation. And our job is to go and tell others. That's what we read every day in this word that's what God is telling us every single day and if you understand that you understand that their blood is on our hands if we do nothing their blood is on your hands their their blood is on your head that's what all the prophets when Jesus commissioned them to be a prophet he said if I tell you to tell him he needs to repent and you don't tell him his blood is on your head that's just—it's kind of a, a scary thing to think about, but that's who we are. That's what God is doing in us. And I watched, uh, I uh, after reading the, the 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 stat, I was like, man, like man, there's so much evidence out there to, to 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 prove that God is real, that God does exist. I mean, the DNA code, right? It's so so jam-packed, so engineered, so planned, so dynamic that we're still trying to unwind it, we're still trying to figure it out. And that's just a, a, a code on how to build our bodies, right? A code, a mind made that, the mind of God, right? And we're still going, man, okay, there's a bigger mind than us. And I uh, watched a video on consciousness, right? Uh, many uh, uh, people believe that your consciousness is from your brain. That all, this is all you are here. And Christians believe they have a uh, uh, a body, uh, a soul, and a spirit, right? And uh, uh, that comes from Christian theology. And so they, they have all these studies of people that are still alive but have no brains. Do you guys know that? There's children born that their brains don't develop. There's just a soup in their head. And they come out. They're obviously disabled. But they function. They smile. They they they're sad when they're uncomfortable. They they acknowledge people that come into their room. They recognize faces without a brain. And then they went into going to the scientific studies of of people that had after death experiences. And they said that, um, uh, they uh, talking to uh, 670 people. They took interviews of all of them. Said, "Hey, you had after death experience. What did you experience about?" of them experienced uh, uh, a tunnel. You know, another, I don't know, breaking it down, different percentage of people experienced they talked to a dead relative. Another talked to or uh, went to a paradise. Another uh, went to a hell. Another uh, uh, remembered aspects of his, uh, how they uh, got him to live again. He was hovering over his deathbed when they were uh, uh, doing CPR and he watched them do all that, right? And they, they were arguing, well, it's just a bunch of uh, hallucinations. you know, you're just hallucinating and your brain is, there's deeper parts of your brain that we can't, you know, because when somebody dies, they put, uh, they have sensors on you, your heart, your brain, everything is being uh, tracked so that they know, uh, you know, after so many hours that they stop trying to resuscitate you, right? And so as their brain is dead for 20 minutes, right, they're dead, right? And then they come back to life. That's an after-death experience, right? And so, uh, the problem is, they actually have people that say, "Hey, well, no, I was actually conscious while I was dead." And well, your brain's dead; you can not be conscious. No, I was conscious. I remember this nurse; her name is Peggy. She took my dentures and put them on the uh, on the shelf on the left of me before they stuck the tubes in my mouth. And then John, the doctor, he you know he uh, he was washing his hands for a long time, and, and and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna go ask Peggy." We're gonna ask, and they documented this stuff. And yes, Peggy's like how does he remember me taking out his dentures and putting it on the shelf? And so it wasn't all just hallucinations. It was actual evidence of of people having after death experience and they're they're saying, hey, there's a conscience. After your brain and your body, there's still a conscience of you that exists forever. And we know that. And to just play the game and suppress the truth, yeah, you can. But it's temporary happiness. It's temporary peace. There's a deeper peace, even in torture, even on the death, even on the cross. You still have a peace because you know you're not living for this world. Because you grabbed the hold of the truth and you rooted it. Because you prepared the soil. Because he didn't just come to you to check in and check out. This is your lifeblood. You came to, 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 to live your life. You came to connect to your Creator. You came to go, God, what, what, what next? I'm going to do it immediately. I want to have that relationship. Where I do it immediately, and I want to read uh, one more passage, and we'll go into prayer. And this is today's Bible plan. It's Luke fourteen, twenty five through thirty three. Now, great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, "If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, wife and children, brother and sister, yes, his own life also." he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and calculate the cost? And he talks about how embarrassing it is to have just a foundation, but no building. To do, you know, read your Bible, but no relationship, and there's no growth in your life, and there's no, there's no action in your life. And then at the end, Verse 33, he says, Whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. says, calculate the cost. Do you know there's a cost to your Christianity? It's going to cost you everything. If the creator of the world came down and died, he's expecting the same in return of us. As we follow Him. That's what the narrow path is. It says, many see it, but don't walk it out. Many many know of it, but don't go that route. Why? Because it's not easy to die to yourself every day. To deny yourself. To, to put your pride in, in its place before God, and that's on its knees. To, to put your flesh on the cross and go, you know what? I'm not going to live for perversion. I'm not going to live for, for my stomach. I'm not going to live for my ambitions and pride. That's what it means to be a Christian. He says, huge crowds were following him. And as soon as that happens, he goes, man, I'm not about a popularity contest, Jesus goes. I'm about saving your your souls. And he goes, okay, you guys ready? Here's the next level of following your master. Deny yourself. Deny your friends. You know that if if your mom and your dad tell you that, hey, you know what? No, 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 no. Don't go that road. Go this road. And in your heart, God is telling you, no, go that road and you choose to do what your parents are doing, then you're automatically opting out of God's perfect will. You know, that's uh, not that fun of a thought. Because, you know, hey, we're Christians. We want to have strong families. We want to do everything right. It's all about the family. It's all about, you know, love and joy and and having that peaceful, homey atmosphere. That wasn't my childhood. (laughs) My family's crazy. But I'm actually happy that my family's crazy because... It made it made me go, man, where are you god what 's going on? If I had a peaceful, cozy, fun little family, I think I would be an atheist right now i think i would i would be i 'd be enjoying my life because that 's all that I know. My family was crazy. We went through troubles and and i didn 't like my parents and 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 and, and God taught me on all of that to break in my pride he taught me in all of that you know what Uh, i don't care if you think what 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 you're smarter than your dad you're not because i say you're not (laughs) and uh uh and then it came to a point where i remember my my dad was saying hey why are you in church all the time why are you in church all the time I said, Dad, okay, do you remember my life like two years ago when I was on drugs, and I'm going in rebellion, and, and I'm, you know, you know cursing at you? He goes, yeah, yeah. I go, whoa, that's what's going to become of me if I stop going to church. Oh, okay, no, 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 go to church, go to church, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. And, he, yeah, yeah, pray, go to all night prayers, you know, get powered up, do your thing, do your thing. <laughs> and... But inside of you, you have to make that decision to follow God with everything you have. Your parents, at one point, will stand against you. Your friends will stand against you. Your your best friends will go, you're a little bit too radical for Jesus. I don't know if I click with you anymore. Our friendship is on the line. But that's what he says. Take up your cross and follow me. That's what we want our heading to be in this youth that's why you know what we're not afraid to to speak the truth you know uh, we're not afraid of new faces and to 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 lay it on heavy because we care about you i care about every single one of us I, i want all of us to make it i want all of us in 10 years to go man sam you know what Oh man, it's an honor watching you grow up. It's an honor watching you uh, read the Bible. It's an honor watching you have tough times and have questions and, and come to, to God's presence and, 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 and get answers instead of just quitting and, and going off in rebellion. It's an honor to, to see, see see you overcome and to see you uh, stand in, in victory even when it stopped making sense because your heart was attached to God. And you didn't just get a bunch of head knowledge and you didn't just, just uh, uh Claim to know it all because we never will know it all. We realize again and again that every single pastor, every single preacher that comes up here has flaws, and if we're not in here, we'll follow their flaws. You got to safeguard your heart, especially now. And good preachers, people, are like. Man, I I know I'll put a hundred bucks down. He he he's just he's on fire for God all the time, and then we all nope, he's a human. And, and, you know, grace. That's what we need. We need to come to God's grace. Tomorrow, if you want to see victory in your life, if you want to see your prayer life improve, if you want to actually open the Bible, you need to break and say, God, I need your grace. I can't do this by my own strength. And I, 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 I refuse to try to believe that I can. God came for the sinner. When we were yet sinners, God came for you. God's here for you tonight. God wants to empower you. God wants to strengthen you. God wants to breathe on you. He wants to see your struggle tomorrow morning. But He wants to see that victory because you're depending on His grace and not on your strength. You're depending on this word. You're depending on Him speaking to you tomorrow to live out tomorrow's day and not on your to do list being done. Let's pray.